Who's going to be in the thought seat this week? Get ready for your weekly dose of fresh inspiration where we talk to successful entrepreneurs and learn strategies for growing profitable online businesses. This is the Thought Seat Podcast with Ashley Coombe, Ashley Rader, and Scott Jangro. Show notes and this week's free bonuses can be downloaded from www.thoughtseat.com. So I pulled some of the questions that I've gotten from my group. And is this, this is your blog Genesis group? Uh-huh. The Facebook group? The Facebook group, yes. And most of these are coming from bloggers talking about strategies, but they apply to obviously business or blogging. So I didn't want to eliminate people that are, you know, looking for, um, that maybe are not necessarily a blogger. So um, one of the questions was, what are the best strategies for finding viral worthy or content that people want to read, that people want to look for, um, whether they actually go viral or not, but finding really good content? This, this is an unfair question for us because our product does it. <laughs> That's true. Um, so uh, as you know, Ashley, I don't know if you use Sharest for the research portion, um, but re, but share inside Sharest, which is the content marketing platform that Scott um, created and founded and is um, the all powerful owner of. Um, there is a research tab, and within the research tab, you can set up the um, an RSS feed reader of all of the influencers that you whose items you want to share so if you write about like ashley on one of your blogs you write about diy stuff if you thought of um you know the, the most important people in that industry and you could put their blog in there so you're sharing the top individual stuff after you've done that a few times after you've added stuff into your inbox within shares um, there's a content recommendation tool that kicks in and what's so great about it is it not only matches the content that you're adding into your inbox, but it matches the content you're adding with content that's already trending on social media. So it's stuff that's already become popular. So you know if you share it, it's going to um, get a big response. Where's it pulling that from? Maybe Scott not answer that answer better. It's uh, there's a number of different places where you can pull content from. Uh, most people use um, to set up their own RSS feeds. Or no, can, the content recommendation part. That's what you're asking about, right? Yes. Um, or you can connect um, a number of different services, like um, Feedly is something we added recently. So if you set up all your feeds in Feedly, and so the, the RSS part of Sharest is a lot like Feedly or Google Reader, but Feedly is a million times better because that's just what they do. And so you, you can use Feedly to discover lots of feeds as well as add your own and there's new features in there with collaborating with, with people on, on feed lists and that sort of thing so you know so once you connect up some sources like that then your research tab and share us will constantly be full of that stuff you can also connect things like your instagram account or Flickr account and um, also use different search tools so is it actually going out and pulling in content outside of just an RSS feed that I put in? Like like other people, like content that I'm not aware of yet? Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt. She's not asking about the um, RSS part. She's asking where is the content recommendation tool? Where's it finding its content? Which content recommendation tool? You're talking about Sway? Um, recommended content? Sway's gone. What? What? Sway? The, the, the recommendation thing is gone. It's been gone for it, a month. So, yeah. If that's what you're asking. Okay, so outside of that, you would enter in RSS feeds for the types of searches that, that you would be interested in or that would relate to your blog. Mm -hmm. And then it would make recommendations based off of that. Can You're you kind of cutting out, Ashley. You're a little bit pixelated on my end, at least. I don't know. Yeah, you keep freezing on mine. Um, Scott looks... <laughs> his looks fine to me. 
Um, so, okay, so that's what you use. But some of what I just said um, is not the case anymore. Um, okay. Okay, cool. Well, I will share what I do as yes. well. Um, really, my biggest strategy for finding content that is viral worthy is Pinterest. So I go onto Pinterest and I search for a given topic and I look for pins that have been pinned like 50 million times. And then I try to either create content around that topic or that type of topic. So if it's a listicle or if it's a, um, you know, curated content or that kind of thing, when you start, to, you, when you go on there, you start to see trends of the types of content that is getting shared on Pinterest. And, you know, most likely if it's getting shared millions of times on Pinterest, it's something that people are interested in. So that's I'm, kind of, I mean, I'm just going to add a little bit um, mm -hmm. there. I look a lot at the Facebook trending items. Um, and so I will try and if there's any way to incorporate those trending items into my content, if it makes sense to, then I'll um, put one of those hashtags on there. And then anything, I don't, I don't use the trending on Twitter as much, but um, that's one way that you could find what everybody's talking about to get involved in that really popular conversation. Um, question for you on that. Have you ever been able to take advantage of the trending topics on Twitter and actually get some of your content to show up in that feed? Yes, and on Facebook. So I'm talking on Facebook specifically. I tried to do that yesterday. There was a um, article that went viral. What's that? On Facebook? on Facebook. Yeah. There was an article that went viral. I tried to use all the same hashtags, the same everything, and like, you know, my post wasn't anywhere. And I had more shares and comments and likes than a lot of the other people. So um, it was one of those topics that's over there in, in Facebook. Trending. In the top right corner where it says trending. Yeah. Like right it, was, it was highly relevant to one of my blogs. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write a blog post about this. And it didn't work. And I'm going to get it to come up in that feed and get like a ton of traffic to it. And I monitored it like throughout the whole day and nothing ever. I mean, I got my regular traffic, but it never appeared in the trending results. Oh, I. So. Um, so yeah, when you use that, ha the hashtag of the specific trending item, like right now Uber is trending. So if I did hashtag Uber, then it would, when somebody clicked on that trending item, it would appear in the stream. Well, on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Because on this one, it was not a specific hashtag. It was just like a news story that was trending. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say hashtag. So I would do the. I would tag Uber. Okay. Yeah, that's what I did. So huh. I don't know. It was. It was an. It was a IKEA hack, and so it fit with my DIY blog. And it was like a dad built this crazy awesome. Test that. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, I'm going to come up with this perfect way to like, you know, yeah. show up in the Facebook trending and I was going to do all the right things and it never showed up. So I was like, okay, so much for that. Let's test that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Well, um, it's where um, lots of sites like BuzzFeed get their content that goes viral or gets really popular is, is by trolling sites like Reddit. Yes. Um, so, you know, there's a topic area in Reddit or subreddit, we call it, for everything. And, yeah. you know, you should follow the ones that are relevant to your topic or your blog or, or your industry. With the content, I'm not as familiar. I've gone on there a couple times and I find for myself, like, really hard to navigate. Are they pulling in content from other sources or anything that's trending on Reddit is specifically, like, users have added it to Reddit? No, it's Reddit is just Reddit users. Okay. And it's incredible community of people just put pictures and you know, stuff in there. And it's, um, you know, it, it's a certain type of content. I mean, so depending on the, you know, sometimes it's news type stuff that kind of people curate there and talk about others. A lot of it, things are people posting pictures and funny stuff. And yeah. a lot of it is kind of funny, um, snarky stuff. And so that's, you know, that's what BuzzFeed is all about. So, you know, they, they're, they find a lot of content there. Um, and, that's it's a good place to, to keep an eye out. Keep an eye on. I will say that um, across the board with all of the businesses that I've worked on social for, if I ever have, um, if my engagement is low, 
I feel like it's so cheesy, but posting quotes always gets that engagement back up. People on love Facebook? quotes on, on it on all social media. So on Twitter, so it use post or uh, tweeting an image with a quote. An image um, with a quote. Okay. And on Facebook, tweeting an image with a quote. You know, you know where there'll be like a cool scenery background and then a quote. I don't know what it is, but people love sharing quotes all over the place. So and if you can find, just go to Pinterest or Bing image search and search for like um, baseball quote or meme quote or whatever, and you'll just find yeah marketing quote or anything, just something quote, and you'll find thousands of quotes to share. I kind of the same recently with video, posting videos where you actually embed the YouTube embed code or whatever, where it can play through Facebook. Um, that getting shared. a lot of clicks as well. What's that? It's shared a lot. Yes. Because it's just an easy, quick play. So yeah. I don't know if it's, I know in on Facebook, I believe they have to actually turn the volume off for it to be considered a click or a like a click, like, like. I'm on. Right. Yeah. Did I say off? <laughs> Turn the volume on. Um, those are good ideas. Anything else viral worthy topics? I think we kind of covered that. Um, let's see. The next question was, how do I make money from a blog? <laughs> nice, easy, simple question to answer, right? <laughs> I tried really hard not to just jump in and answer everything though. Do it. Okay. Let's say um, give like your top three ways to do it. Cause I'm sure there's like a million ways to do it, but like what are the ways you would do it? Or you not would so, do it, but the ways you do do it. The things that it kind of depends on is how much traffic you have. Like Scott and I are working on it's, I keep saying Scott and I's blogs. They're, they're totally Scott's blogs. <clears throat> I just like to think that I have some ownership in them, but, um, if, if it has a ton of traffic, then people are going to approach you about advertising on your blog, um, especially if you have a really selective niche that matches up with their product. So that's mm -hmm. an awesome way is just advertising. Um, obviously, you're, the more traffic you have, the more you're going to make doing that. So um, Scott, I was just saying this to Ashley earlier, Scott, that you're really great at building communities around your blogs. And um, so if you have taken the time to build up community, it's a great opportunity for advertisement. Um, the second way I would do it is, but this isn't true, I'm saving the first for last, but another way I would do it is um, Google AdWords. Uh, so I would put, you know, now they have where you can put a picture in the middle of your post. So halfway down, there's an ad there. And AdSense. Oh, sorry, AdSense. <laughs> um, Google AdSense. So it used to be, you know, you'd have those little blue links in your um, sidebar and nobody would necessarily click on them. But now they have so many more. Cre oh, I just made myself sound old, huh? Because um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but now they have such creative ways that you can put Google ads um, in the middle of your post or at the end of your post or, you know, the banner on top. I, I tend to stay away from banners, but um, you can do them. And then the third way is affiliate marketing. So, um, you know, there's so many. There's so many options about this if if you are a blogger about recipes and you're talking about 10 crock pot recipes um starting off the blog by saying i've tried these three crock pots and the fourth one was the one that changed my life here's a link to it and you know disclosing that properly but um but adding in those those affiliate links not just hey here's 10 crock pot recipes and here's a link to a crock pot but sharing your opinion about it so that you are continuing to build community, letting them know that you um, get reimbursed for sharing your opinion about it. But that's that's one of my, that's probably the top way that I try to earn money on blogs. Um, this Phyllis, Phyllis just joined and she is, uh, runs social media manager school and she, her product is my absolute favorite to be an affiliate for. So that's I was going to say, don't you have a story about uh, making yeah. a lot of money off of something? I don't know. Was it that one? Yeah. So Phyllis, okay. we, we talked recently. Um, I'm writing a white paper about, or I guess I can call it a white paper, about how I uh, made $1,000 off of one Facebook post. And it was because I've spent time cultivating that social media community. 
or people who want to learn to be a social media manager from home. And um, I posted, I just posted a link to uh, Andrea Vall and Phyllis both do social media manager school. And um, I told people that if they enrolled in the school, that I would pick two names of people that enrolled and pay for half of their school. So, um, yeah, it took, I mean, I think within, I can't remember if it was a day or a couple hours, um, but I ended up earning $1,000 from just that post. So uh, if you're taking the time to build that community, then when you recommend somebody, something, people respond. That's awesome. Ah. What's that? I was just reading what she said. And so many people learned a new skill. I did talk in the post about when maybe a year and a half ago, my sister um, took was in the school and it's been life-changing for her. So I probably mentioned that as well in the post. Okay, Scott, your turn to answer. I talked for too long. <laughs> well, you know, those are the methods um, or, or, the, or the places where you can earn money, ads and AdSense and affiliate marketing. But when you, when you think about making money on a blog, you can't just put ads on a blog. They won't. They won't work. You won't make money. You can't just put product links in a post. That won't work. You know, in order to have a successful blog, you can't just put links or posts about products unless you have a very specific type of blog that's like you do product reviews and you get your hands on products and you can do a lot of great posts about products. That's a great way to earn money on a blog if you have a blog like that. But if you just have a regular blog like most people do, which is not selling stuff, which is not talking about things that people want to buy mostly that's good because you're talking about things that are interesting to people and you're building a community, but you shouldn't try to sell stuff on those pages. That's not the place to do it. People aren't going to buy and it's just going to be frustrating. So what you need to do is create places where people will come to that post interested in buying something. And so if it's a post, which is a list of products, like maybe your favorite products, um, and you don't feel great about making a blog post about that because normally your blog posts are not selling stuff or talking about products. You know, you can put a page on your blog, which is your top 10 products that you like to use and, you know, related to, you know, whatever it is you do, like that recipe blog, you're not going to be, you're not going to be wanting to, you know, put, make, putting a bunch of posts about crock pots or putting links to crock pots. But if you made a post, which is your fit, your 10 favorite, cooking appliances and it was often a page not a post in your blog that'll be found by search engines not pushed out in your rss feed as like a blog post right so if you can start to build content like that so get your audience in with good content and make money by putting product related posts kind of over to the side where search engines will find it and people will find these things when they are searching for those things the thing to do with the content that you're creating that people are reading on a daily basis that you're creating is not to push products on them, but to get them to subscribe to your blog and subscribe to your social media, get them to subscribe to email. And then you can um, promote the money-making stuff to that email list um, and as well as get search engine traffic to that, that product stuff. So I think people maybe try to push too hard to try to get, hey, buddy, we're on, you're on the air. We got an open seat here. He can come uh, <laughs> take a take a panel spot. A lab account. Um, so you know, I think that that's I think something that people tend to miss the point on, which is you know the, the right and wrong place to put product type affiliate links um, mm -hmm. is not your everyday interesting content. You're gonna ask for your your you gonna ask to spend money on an iPhone app. I'm on I'm on I'm on the internet. Here. <laughs> Because I think Scott, this is really my credit card. This is really interesting to me because I think you and I have a different opinion on that, and I don't think I realized that until just now. But um, I, I do tend to in the really interesting posts. So when I've worked with bloggers, if they have a post without a product in it, I shouldn't say I feel like that's a wasted post because sometimes that's fine. I just don't think, I think there's a way to put a product in every post without being pushy. Um, especially if your reader's expectations are that you're providing this entertaining content or this informational content or whatever for free 
and this is the way you earn your money. So I do like when I would, if I did a 10 top 10 crock pot recipes, I wouldn't just throw a link in there to a crock pot, but I would say, and by the way, when you try these recipes, um, I've tried so many different crock pots or I've never, I haven't had to replace my crock pot for 10 years. And this is what I use, or, um, my crock pot has six features. Here it is. I would just fine. In there. actually, I think that's totally fine to put a link to your crock pot in your post, but that's not going to make a lot of money. Well, you know, I, that blog post is, is going to go out to your audience and people are going to read it when you post it. People are going to find it when they're looking for a crock pot recipe. They're not looking to buy a crock pot. So yeah, you might get a few sales on that, but the real money comes in when people are in a buying mood and they're searching on Google for best crock pot and they're not going to find that in your post with 10 crockpot recipes. They're going to find that in a post that is reviewing crockpots, talking about crockpots. So um, I think that, graphic, I, think you know, that I was thinking of it from more of a, um, hey, I'm a blogger and I want to make a couple hundred extra bucks a month. And how could I do that? You're thinking of it as a, a business. Um, so I focus more on building that community and then bringing products to them that they'd be interested in. Um, I should disclaim this by saying Scott has made a heck of a lot more money than me online. So um, if that's your goal, you should be listening to him. <laughs> He's getting organic traffic and I focus on just bringing interesting things to the communities I've built. I think I you think, both. I think like, everything you do should be trying to convert something. Right. If that's a crock pot, fine. I don't think that's going to convert very well to me. That should more be you know, on your everyday stuff. Should be getting an email address, and then you own that person, and uh -huh. you, and you can talk to them and bring them back, and then you can send your post about crockpots to that entire list and make money doing right. that. I think I'm just thinking more of the people that think, "Oh, I have this cooking blog that's my hobby. How can I make a little extra money on it?" Um, so what I, said. I can. I mean, I. Can we let um, Phyllis hop in the open yeah. seat? She said, yeah, she can just are you in on that. Phyllis, are you interested in hopping in now? There she, oh, you did it already. Yep. So we'll see if she, hi, Phyllis. Hi. hi. How's it going? You don't have wet Thanks hair. Thanks for joining us. Um, I just, um, I'm in work mode here, so no makeup, no hair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah, us too. That's the name of the game today. So. Uh, I have it's the a, wet hair club. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this system that I do. It's called follow the funnel, model the process, right? So you follow, follow the funnel that someone else has done and then you model their process. And one that I really like a lot is uh, the way Chris Carr uses Inst to go from Instagram to her blog for a giveaway. But the whole blog post is her personal experience with it. It's her story. Um, it's a giveaway and it's an email capture program. And, and that funnel of amazingly personal Instagram image that goes to the blog that tells a story that has a giveaway to build her email is a, a lovely funnel to use in blogging because I'm getting information that I need. I'm also getting an opportunity that I would like, and I don't mind giving away my email to be in the running for, you know, a, some high end $800 blender or something that I would like to have. Um, but that funnel of going from Instagram to the blog post with a story with an email capture or a giveaway is a, to my mind, just a fine use of being a blogger. Now, if she didn't, if she didn't tell her story, or if she didn't give extra content that's interesting to me, uh, then that to me is not good use of the blog uh, system. I hope that makes sense. That there, that not just to use a blog post to capture email and give away or contests, and that, but to expand my understanding about a particular topic. Can you, um, can you repeat the steps of the funnel or the the one? The one, two, three, four. Sure. So the Instagram image is I'm something happy. is a personal experience of hers. Uh, you know, like, hey, guys, this is um, I can't remember exactly. I have a link uh, of the whole funnel. But basically, it's an, a personal image of her um, with link in the bio. 
Mm -hmm. Link in the bio goes to the blog post. Now in the blog post, she tells her story of, you know, when she started blending, when she uses smoothies, when she uses juices, what's the difference, why she would use one over the other, the, all the equipment that she's used through time. This is the one she recommends. And then um, I have one to give away, enter the email and, and uh, be in the running for it. Now, if I had just been brought to her blog post just for the giveaway mm -hmm. without the story, without the extra content, I wouldn't be promoting this uh, funnel at all because I don't think, um, I just don't think that's a good use of a blog. It's more of a promotion and it's not a blog post. But if you add content that's helpful to people, mm -hmm. whether or not they enter the contest, then that's a good good use of it. Wow. And 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 I have to say that um, there are many of these uh, funnels set up that that are hosted on the blog um, from Instagram. And um, you know, there's there's lots of variations on this, but that's just the basic one. Did that make sense to you guys? I'm yeah. just yeah, yeah, I have a question for you on that. Have, have you seen it in play? Like you've seen her Instagram account and yeah. seen the, the follow through. So yeah. after you're on her list, what then is is the funnel or the sales cycle that she takes you through to actually monetize? Yeah, well, with Chris Carr in particular, um, her business model seems to be launches. So she's not continually um, promoting something. She right. usually has a book coming out or she has a particular program coming out. So it seems to be in waves. So I don't get uh, regular emails from her constantly building her other programs. Okay. But when she does, the way she does it, you know, not everybody does it with this way, but the way she does it, she waits till she has a promotion and then she sends out. Okay. Thing like so that. she's promoting through um, courses and like higher learning type, you know, for people that are within that niche. Yeah. For so not so much like advertising on her blog or anything like that. No. And, and the thing about Chris is she has a very tight market. She has a very tight niche. She knows exactly who she's talking to. She has a very defined um, brand. Um, and she seems to stay very true to that. Um, like that. But there are other people. I mean, the whole this whole idea of business funnels and how people are using social to move people along in their business funnel is uh, I, I just it's one of the most fascinating parts of online marketing to me. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really interesting as we're talking. Um, it's very interesting to hear the different demographics that we each serve. So. Um, I almost called you Jango. So Scott's, Scott Jango is talking about uh, people who are just looking for that organic traffic and not necessarily maybe building community, but not necessarily. Phyllis, mm -hmm. you're talking more about people who, or at least the first suggestion you made, we're talking, you were talking more about um, people who want to teach. So people who want to instruct. And so they're, they're instructing in different ways. And I was mm -hmm. talking about, um, you know, more casual bloggers who just want to, make a little bit of extra money on their on their blog. So it's really interesting to hear the different ways that different demographics can do that. You know, it's interesting. Back in 2010, I got put on a list of the top 10 social media bloggers. <laughs> and, I, and I laughed and I laughed and I was like, no, 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 I'm not a blogger. I'm a marketer. <laughs> and I, I got real like, what? no, because to me back in 2010, blogging was um, more about like a personal diary, yeah, like journaling and opinions and curating content and being, um, helpful to the community. And since 2010, I think what has happened is there are different types of blogging. There's uh, promotional blogging. And, you know, I don't even know if I would use the word blogging for people who only post when they're promoting. It's, you know, I don't think I would use the word blogging for that. But so that's why in 2010, I laughed because I was like, no, I'm not a blogger. I'm a, I'm a promoter. And, and anytime I wrote on my blog, it was, yes, I gave a tremendous amount of information and I taught and I gave away a lot of stuff, but it was part of a funnel to, um, so to open up a product. 
I should right. mention for those of you that are listening that don't know Phyllis, she literally wrote the book on. <laughs> They're right back there. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. <laughs> it's always fun to to point that out. Yeah, the dummies. That's book. awesome. Smart awesome. Yeah. So I'm happy to give up the seat for anybody else who has a has a an opinion to talk about this. But uh, I I love blabs and I love jumping in and well, we, um, we initially yeah. intended for this just to be kind of a practice lab, um, and that's why we have wet hair on here and didn't take it very seriously. And it's <laughs> learning a lot. Well, this is really it's, cool. Sometimes I, I, if I have a day that you know I should be working, but I need a break, I'll just go blab hopping, and you just go. That's <laughs> you awesome. Blab and you go visit all the blabs and talk to everybody. It's sort of like our coffee shop, you know. It's the way that online yeah. people so get, get together to and say hi and stuff. So totally. Well, thank you for to our blog. <laughs> You're welcome to stay on, or if anybody else you know wants to join in, I know uh, Vinny had a really good point here. Yeah, I was going to. We're talking about the different strategies. Oh, sorry, my dog is barking. To get on the board. Um, if you, oh, he's waking my dog up. Um, okay with jumping on, then we can jump in there, and you can talk about your strategy. Yeah, I'm gonna. Ashley, do you need to add him, or does he have to request it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Is there Vinny? Oh, Vinny doesn't do blabs. Oh, oh, Vinny doesn't want to jump on. No. Oh, okay. We can mute. Can I mute myself, Phyllis? Um, no. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm not. Well, Vinny, Vinny's comment here was just that he's got a community of 34,000 loyal wow. readers. So when he makes a recommendation, half of them buy. So he sells ten to fifteen thousand of the item recommended, which is pretty amazing. I mean, that should be a goal, obviously, for everybody. I mean, getting to that point, I think, is the challenge. Um, having that that large of a community that's actually listening to what you have to say and you know ready to act on it. Vinny, is that your photography blog? I'll just see if he types a response to that. Cadillac. I didn't like as in cars. I didn't even know. Like, like Cadillac cars. Scott, do you know the answer to car cars? Yeah, I don't really know what Vinny's. Um, That's a really cool niche. I had no idea. <laughs> Talk about like a niche. To paraphrase what Vinny was saying, I think you know he was making the point that he does you know ten informational posts before he'll do an ask for you know which is to sell something and it's kind of the thing that you talk about we talk about a lot in social media which is um give four times before you take and it's the same thing here you know the give is informational posts and interesting stuff and fun stuff and educational or whatever people come to you for the take is selling something you know asking somebody to do something and keeping a healthy ratio of, of gives and takes are, um, it applies to blogging as well as social media. I'm, I'm still reading what Vinny's talking about. Formats and hubcaps. So Vinny, you, you don't actually have like your own e-commerce store. You're just, you're just like running, pushing content and building the community. And then when something comes up, you make a recommendation. Yeah, All affiliate cool. links. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. And is your community on your website or is it through like Facebook or a social media channel? We, gotta get Vinny. we need to like put like a car cartoon character of him that you can hold up. <laughs> the part is Vinny's accent, so um, I wish email is Okay, awesome. Vinny lives in New York, and he he sounds like a New Yorker. We need to get the Boston guy on here, the guy that was like caught that fish or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or Scott, you. I'm sure you could bring up the. Uh... <laughs> Um, Do you have other questions? That one's that. Yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, I I I would love to hear more about what Phyllis does with her educational funnel too. At some point, but she was talking about doing a what you do. How Ashley, you didn't answer that. How how would you monetize a blog? Because you are also a teacher. Yeah. So I guess there. It depends on whether you're like a service oriented provider 
um, blogger, um, whereas you, where you provide services to people, or if you're just purely like a content generator. So I have a blog um, that's in like the DIY niche. It's, um, you know, like, like home decor and like do it yourself um, kind of stuff. And in that niche, it's really hard to, so, so I do do a little bit of what Ashley, like what you were talking about where, you know, I'll go and I'll um, take, you know, my, my top posts and I'll go in and I'll every now and then just look through them and make sure that there's, you know, if there's any spot where I can kind of put in an affiliate link or that sort of thing, I will do that as sort of just a passive income generation. Like Scott said, it's not going to like pay the bills. Right. Um, but it's something that you can do once and then kind of forget about it. And if every now and then you make, you know, a couple bucks, then great. Um, and I do try to do like what Phyllis said, whereas, um, really building a story around it. So like adding in a personal narrative to the recommendation, um, so that it's not just like, Hey, you know, check out this great like recipe and then go buy this crock pot. Like, where you can like take a picture of you with it and be like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen and kind of add some personality to it. Like that tends to help. Um, when you're not in a content based scenario where, where you're offering services or, or it could be both. There's no reason that it has to be one or the other, but um, with two of my um, two of my, you know, one is one is kind of more service oriented where I'm working with bloggers on, um, strategies to grow their blogs and make money. Um, that is more of a service-based, um, you know, uh, content type. And with that, it really is more of the teaching, the um, um, kind of looking at the business as more of a media, um, not a media provider, but ways that you can take things to the next level and not just look at yourself as, as like, you know, a personal blogger, but like a newspaper, what would a newspaper do? They're selling advertising. They are bringing in um, maybe people to interview or, you know, as far as when it comes to monetization, then that looks like, you know, eBooks, online courses, um, hosting workshops, webinars, um, you know, uh, webinar weekends or, or a, not webinar weekend, but <laughs> like a, a workshop weekend, like a, you know, a, my what's the word you know the conference i'm like you guys go to them all the time um things like that that kind of elevate your whole um brand really to another level so that people aren't just seeing you as a blogger but you are kind of this provider where they can consume your content not just at, on a blog but um, in a book or through video or through audio courses or you know whatever so um, that's one of my things that I encourage people is to like think of themselves beyond just um, someone that sits and tells a little personal narrative on a blog post it's like okay you are a business owner like let's take this to the next level and think about if you were writing the same story but for a business for a media company for a newspaper how would we position this um, in a way that would set you up as an authority or um, allow you to create some kind of um, other income generation from it, whether it be a course or, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of bloggers. One of the things I see within just the content marketing niche is bloggers that get their own TV shows. Mm -hmm. Now that is like obviously a huge stretch, you know, not everybody's going to have that happen, but, um, you're not going to get to that level if you're just like thinking of yourself as like just writing little personal stories. So, and this can happen in, in any niche. So this is, this is Joe. He, he Hi, Joe. Um, but this can happen in any niche. So if you, Oh, this, Joe just gave me the perfect idea. If you write about sports all the time, you have the ability to, um, provide content and earn money on it in a, in a way that, you wouldn't think of by teaching things by by having the book or the ebook or the um, podcast or any of those things, and it's it's easy to think, well, I'm just blogging for my entertainment, or I just blog about my kids, or I just you know blog about um, organization. But there's everybody. If you're blogging, if you feel like you have something to say, then it's something that um, you have that other people don't have, 
and oh geez, I'm taking myself down a down a bad road because maybe not people are maybe people aren't really aren't interested in you. But if they are, there's a way. To <laughs> so, um, Joe, the question we're answering as answering right now has to do with. Um, well, do we want to jump to the next question? I mean, I we can. Uh, Joe wants to jump in here. We're talking about monetizing a blog and okay. really like just um, different strategies. You know, like obviously there's some, it depends on kind of the type of market, but I think Vinny's example is the perfect example. You know, he could have been someone that just started out with like a Cadillac, you know, a, a website about cars. Let's just say he's like a car lover. He builds a website about cars and he's like, I have no idea how I'm going to like make money from this. You know, like I, I can't sell cars with affiliate links. I can maybe put up some ads or whatever, but instead he built a community around it of people that are like obsessed with Cadillacs and builds trust through that community. And then now when he sends out one email, he gets 15,000 people buying, you know, whatever he recommends. So um, I think that's a great example of, you know, I hear people all the time, like, Oh, I'm like a mommy blogger. Oh, I'm a, a recipe or like a cooking blogger or whatever. Like I can't make money that way. And that you know, company? Because he sells two to five. Joe, first of all, do you know Vinny had a Cadillac blog? Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, Forty dollars each. Forty bucks each. Cadillac. Cadillacs that you own? No, no resell them or wow. affiliate, affiliate links on eBay. That's hilarious. Uh, Sorry, I think my someone walked in the door. Joe, do you want to add anything? Um, I think a lot of it is just, just finding out what your readers are passionate about and what they enjoy and, uh, giving them those products. Um, like in our market, I mean, obviously sports fans are passionate. They love their teams. They love their players and, and getting specific products in front of them is, is what we see work. I mean, just a general banner, just a general text link to a merchant. Those are pretty worthless, but if you can find a specific product, like if you have a cooking blog, you know, your readers like. Uh, certain kinds of spices or organic spices. Find an organic spice merchant and send them some organic oregano or or whatever. Um, so just find the products that resonate with your audience and, and push those as hard as you can. Yeah, so he so Joe's coming at it from more of that product focused or not product but maybe hobby focused or interest focused blog. Um so Scott brought up really focusing on building blog posts with lists that will um, gain organic traffic. Yep. And Ashley was talking about doing um, educational pieces, sort of. That's sort of what you're talking about, but but several platforms. Um, what are – now I can go to the next question. Uh, let's see. So um, the next one was, what are your top three biggest resources or tools as a blogger or business owner? I still feel funny answering. <laughs> Before we get into another question, I have okay. to talk about guys. Thanks. Practice. Thanks, Scott. We'll talk about you now. <laughs> okay. I just lost some, some listeners because Scott's leaving. Bye, Scott. Alexia. <laughs> the reason I hesitated to answer that is again because I work for a a um, company that provides a service for bloggers, and it makes my life so easy. So Scott's product, Terrorist. Here, wait, 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 wait. I will talk about it because I don't work for them, so I have no conflict of interest. Okay, I just wanted to say that okay. they're focusing more on. But I was telling Scott this morning. Please do not take the blogging portion of it out because I don't think I oh. remember how to post directly to WordPress anymore or my <laughs> I only use Sharest. Okay, go ahead, Ashley. Okay, so Sharest is one of mine. Um, and he has built, so Scott, who just left the call, is the um, founder of Sharest. And it's basically a tool. Um, if you're familiar with like Meet Edgar or um, Post Planner or some of those types of services, it's very much like that, except like to like times 100. <laughs> um, the features that it includes are, are a lot, but really um, I use it for my Facebook groups for scheduling um, content that's going out to my, my Facebook groups. 
Um, you got them back in there. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, and they're, they've made a lot of really awesome changes in the last year or six months even um, where there are like repeating options. So I can create a post in one of my groups. I Every Monday we talk about what our goals are for the week. So every Monday I schedule the same post to um, appear in that group. Um, what's really awesome for bloggers, and I'm actually doing a um, case study on this. I um, a month ago, I took a brand new um, uh, Facebook fan page that I have, and I scheduled, um, what was it, eight shares a day on Facebook. I found content through Pinterest and other resources, and I scheduled eight shares a day um, for the entire month. So it ended up being like 200-some shares. And I wanted to see how the strategy of sharing more frequently on Facebook whether that had a positive or negative impact on my um, overall follower count, my engagement, that sort of thing. Um, and so I will be producing, I'm going to be uh, wrapping that up. Uh, actually, like tomorrow will be when I, um, uh, what's today? The first. So it was the second. So tomorrow is when I'm going to kind of wrap up like the final end of that case study. But um, it has made a huge impact. I will just say that. It's interesting because um, I think and, a lot of um, businesses or bloggers would think eight times a day is going to irritate people, so you would start to lose followers. I don't right. ever talk to a business owner or a blogger that would say, yeah, eight's good. So I'm really excited to see the results of that. The thing is, Facebook is sharing so, so little of my content with people that the amount of people that are seeing like even 50% of those is very small. It's like my mom because she's right, like right. on everything. <laughs> my mom and my mother-in-law, I think are the only ones. But um, the, for the rest of them that they engage like, you know, here and there, um, they're not seeing all those posts. And um, there's a couple of big time bloggers that use the same strategy and they were able to grow really huge followings in short amount of time using the same strategy. So that was kind of my case study or my, my test was to see, um, you know, how that would, how that would go. And I think to some extent it might be a better strategy with like, like I started out with a really small Facebook fan page. I mean, it was like a month old and it had like 200 fans. So, Is it um, DIY page? no, it's my, um, crate, the crave. It's a, um, it's the co yeah. cooking and recipe page. Right. Um, so if you guys want to check it out, you can go see it there. It's the crave with crave with a K. Um, and I've been doing a lot of, of shares and the engagement is still down. It's, I mean, it's not where it should be, but we only have 200 followers or we had 200 followers. I think we're up to like 320 or 350 now. So it almost doubled in a month, which at, I mean, it was not growing very quickly. So um, that's interesting to me because I'm a fan of the page and I, I, I see maybe one post a week. So it's interesting. Well, there you go. So I, I've been posting almost eight. Well, and, and like, that's the awesome thing about sheriffs. I literally sat down one day for two hours and I scheduled like 200 shares and then I was done and it just like goes for the whole month. And then the coolest thing, it has the recycle feature, which is like what meet Edgar has where um, two months from now, all those shares are going to repeat again. So once I go like two or three months doing this strategy, I'm literally done and it can just like run itself. You know what I mean? Because every 60 days it's recycling, it, it will run itself forever. And I can still go in and add new content and reshare new content and it pushes everything back. But um that and the fact that they were just approved for the Pinterest API. So they're going to be, um, I believe if Scott can, you know, get it all figured out, they, uh, they're going to be soon getting the uh, Pinterest sharing within it as well. So we don't have to, you know, use a separate service for Pinterest scheduling as well as other socials. So that's my, my little spiel on Shareist. So. And I use it, you use it primarily for the social scheduling. I use it to do my research of what I'm going to share, do the social scheduling, and then I turn um, all of that content into a blog post, a curated blog post, and then a newsletter. So I can publish directly to WordPress from it, and I can direct publish um, directly to my newsletter service from it. So I never have to leave Shares. I can do all of my research, social, blogging, and newsletter straight from there. So it's great. 
Awesome. Joe, you're a Sheriff's user too, aren't you? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I should be. Put you on the spot here. I should be. Um, yeah. I, I, Do you use any to, scheduling, things like that? Or, I have no. actual affiliate sites and real sites anymore. That, uh, oh, uh, I was thinking of what Joe thinks. Oh, I, I just write on there once a, a year or so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, not enough. I don't have enough uh, to really make use of something like that. I, from what I hear, I, it, it sounds great though. So yep. I, wish I, awesome. I wish I had more sites to use it on. Um, oh, Vinny, it's so easy. I'll show you how. Um, Edgar, you just mentioned Buffer is cool. I don't happen to use Buffer because Sherist has all of those um, capability. The only time I used Buffer was when Sherist did, did not have access to Google Plus. And I wanted to post to Google Plus, but clearly Google Plus is not um, critical anymore. Uh, Edgar, I have to tell you one story about IFTTT. Um, I also use that or have used that before. Um, I had one account where I synced up my Twitter account to uh, through IFTTT. Um, and maybe it was my system, so I'm, I could just be like giving it a bad rap because, but within two minutes of, of me syncing it with IFTTT, um, if this, then that for people that are not familiar, um, my Twitter account was hacked and I had over 20,000 posts, um, to like a Islamic website on my Twitter account and I tried to work with Twitter for like two weeks to get them removed because it would have taken me like 10 years to manually go in and delete them all and I had to in the end end up deactivating my Twitter account because there was no way to get rid of them so <laughs> that's my only thing with IFTTT I don't know it could have been me but ever since then I'm like I I don't know I was um heard some stuff about that as well so I just was very um uh, the the security with it, I was I was not certain was was all that good. So the other um, uh, tool that I use a lot is um, Hootsuite. So I manage I don't know right now maybe six different Twitter accounts, and um, I think it's really valuable to be able to man to just click between each of them and see. Um, so inside Hootsuite, I will follow specific hashtags. So if for one of the Twitter accounts I'm um, managing, if there's a conference going on, then I'll find that conference's hashtag and I can follow just that hashtag and I can have different ones for each of my different uh, Twitter feeds. So um, I don't use all of Hootsuite's items because they're mostly in shares, but that is the one thing that I do like about Hootsuite. Awesome. Well, look, we're getting um, applause. Are we? Yay. <laughs> um, I was going to say the only other ones I have on here, um, I use Pinterest a lot. Like uh, I was saying earlier in the, um, the call, I use Pinterest to find viral content. So, um, which I could also use, like Scott was mentioning BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed and some others. It's just the type of users that I often connect with hang out on Pinterest. So that's where I go. Um, I do a lot of videos, so I use ScreenFlow and PicMonkey for graphics because I am not. Job with, um, what's that? You do such an awesome job with graphics on PicMonkey. Oh, uh, PicMonkey is my favorite. I could just go on about it. But um, Joe, do you have any cool tools that you use for blogging or websites or what, that you use in your day-to-day -day stuff? Um, <clears throat> I don't really. Um, like I said, I don't have a ton of affiliate sites. Uh, I work with hundreds of affiliates and I get to see kind of some of the things they're doing. And uh, I mean, we have, we run the gamut from bloggers to Facebook only people to um, uh, the coupon and deal sites and everything. And it seems like the ones that are effective, they're just good content creators overall. And I, I'm not sure exactly what tools they're using to do that and, and how they automate it, but any tool that can help you make quality content, whether that's compelling images or text or, or um, videos or whatever, whatever it may be, as long as the, the content is there, the eyeballs are going to come eventually, somehow, somewhere. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a short-term play. It's a long-term play. Sometimes it takes months or years to actually get the content where you need it. But um, 
the one the ones that are effective are the ones that take the time to do it right and take the time to uh to put into creating something of their own and not just regurgitating something right. from somebody else ashley you said something when you were just talking i don't know if i would consider it necessarily a tool but facebook groups have been huge for me lately so it's really um huge to it's a, it's an awesome way to build community and they can get irritating really fast so um you have to take it with with or approach it with caution but that's one of my favorite tools right now so with each of the um and it, it's fun for me to see a lot of the people here are in several of the um facebook groups that i run but different like we have a shares customers group where we um uh, support each other and give each other ideas. And, um, you know, there's, there's all these, I'm in a group that, um, is just called tweet this for me. And we all support each other and tweet each other's articles. And anytime I have, um, anytime I'm attempting to build a community with a blog, I start a Facebook group and I invite those, um, core evangelists in to just provide support because people naturally do, um, end up wanting to help each other. And so, Facebook groups is probably my favorite tool right now. In fact, I think that was the article I did a while back for social media examiner was talking about Facebook groups as a tool and how you can use that as, um, a, as a really strong community builder. Manage. Totally. No. Oh, that's a great question. I manage a blog, very successful in views over 40,000. No one follows by email. What, um, very successful in views. You mean page views? Is that 40,000 per month per day per hour? I'd also ask what, what you're using for an email capture. If you have a, um, one of the things we use, so, so this is a question. Um, one of the tools that both Ashley and I love, and I'm sure Joe does too, um, is, uh, opt-in monster. And so it's a pop-up, but it's, um, it pops up only when somebody's trying to leave your page, so it doesn't continue to pop up if they're really interested in what they're reading. Um, and then we do a giveaway with that pop-up. So it might be, um, you know, here's a white paper on, it just completely depends on what the subject of your blog is. But a lot of times, Ashley and I'll give away um, webinars or- uh, Opt-in, opt I'll put a link in okay. here. Opt-in monster. You better be using your um, affiliate link for that, Ashley. Oh, yeah. This is one of the ways that you uh, make money because you're providing all this content. What is that? Yeah. So, um, but Optin Monster is awesome. It's uh, founded by one of our friends, and he provides really great support and um, it's just an awesome company. So try that out. Put together a. The other thing that that it does not just um, triggering on exit intent, but it also you can set it to trigger at a specific scroll, so you can trigger it to pop when a user has consumed 50% of your content or go, gone to the bottom of the page. Um, my little blog isn't <laughs> fertility related. Okay. Gotcha. Ah. Um, I would definitely for that type of a topic, there are setting up a newsletter. Um, and by newsletter, I don't mean, um, uh, I don't know if you're on WordPress, but, um, what you want to be careful is that you're not collecting RSS subscribers, but you're collecting actual email addresses. And um, the best recommendation is to use a service like GetResponse or MailChimp or Aweber or somebody like that. Um, but you can also, there are plugins that will allow you to send from WordPress as well. Um, you don't want to be using Jetpack, which, right. not collecting anything. Um, you don't want to use Jetpack, which is like an RSS subscription service. When you do that, you're not actually getting ownership, not ownership, that's the wrong word, but you're not collecting emails. So um, you want to get set up with a service like GetResponse, MailChimp. MailChimp is a good one that a lot of people start with because they're free up to, I think, a thousand users. 500. Um, 500, okay. And um, you can then, if you if you're running a blog, which I think you said you are, you can take your RSS feed from your blog and you use that as your newsletter. So you can sync that in with MailChimp so that it auto, why collect emails? Wait, can I, um, I want yeah, to jump in and answer that. So, um, oh, I feel weird just saying fertility expert. So fertility expert, I don't know your name, but um, it's, it's all about, I know Ashley is kind of hesitant. Oh, 
Is that pronounced Elena or Helena? Like you can't tell me about this. I don't know how you how you could tell me. Um, so anyway, uh, Ashley kind of shied away from using the word um, ownership, but it really is a matter of ownership. So if you think about your audience on Facebook or your audience on that's coming to you organically, you you are renting somebody else's property. So when you communicate with your audience through Facebook. Um, if any of you have been in business a couple of years, you remember that one December, January when Facebook changed everything and um, our engagement went from, you know, 50% down to 1%. So they can make changes at any time that uh, can prevent you from getting a hold of your audience. So did Google. So if you were getting all of your audience through um, organic traffic, then when um, panda and penguin and hummingbird and all those different animals, when those things happened, um, you had you were able to lose your traffic. Email is the one place where you will always be able to get a hold of your audience, um, and you're not renting somebody else's property. So if you're writing compelling emails, there's nothing that can change that will prevent you from getting to those people. So it's really important to we talk about it the, the difference between renting versus ownership. Um, it's very important to own your property rather than just renting it. And and I shied away from it because I didn't want to say like I own your email address, but yeah. but no, you own, I mean, you it's own some, your attention. You, I just you own the right to email them. They've they've given you the right to email them, and you own right. a method of instant traffic. Mm -hmm. So if if no one's coming to your blog, I mean, think about the amount of time and effort you put into getting someone to your site. So. Getting traffic to your site is is huge. Like we put a lot of effort into writing a blog post, marketing it, you know, putting it out on social media. If all of those people then go to your blog, read a read a post for a few minutes, and then they leave, all that time and effort and 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 really like manpower, money, you know, the the money that it took to get them there is gone because yeah. because they they read your content and they left, they didn't subscribe. So. Um, especially with with the type of content you're you're producing, um, people want to. It's it's not just like I want to read. Assumed in the process of fertility, so you know, building that relationship with them and kind of establishing yourself as an expert um, is huge when it comes to um, you know getting people to come back. Um, looks like we have some talk here. I just want to point out what you're letting him join. Actually, I want to point out something Vinny said. One thing I always put on my newsletter um, collection spots is I just let people know that my best content comes out through my newsletter. So Vinny mentioned, let people know that they'll get special coupons if they're on your newsletter or they'll get special things um, that, your, that your readers will not receive. You can not only, you almost bribe them in a way by saying, okay, in order to um, download this really great white paper I wrote, sign up with your email address here. Um, but then in addition to that, let them know, if you stay on my email list, you're going to get, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm half reading and half talking. If you're on my email list, you're gonna get content that my typical blog readers will not receive. Yeah, and just kind of a <clears throat> cautionary tale from uh, my past experience as, as a full-time affiliate. I had, starting in about 2002, I started building sites and I had dozens of sites in the same niche, never collected a single email address the whole time I was doing it. It's one of those things I look back on and wish I did because when I woke up in November and I think 2012, <clears throat> Google had killed most of my sites mm -hmm. and I had nothing left. If well, I had an email, if I could have, I could have had thousands and thousands of people on an email list, targeted people that I could have emailed and still been making sales. I'm, um, but, about, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Be collecting emails as much as you can be collecting some way to, to keep those customers at yours and not just give them it's away to never too early. Never yeah. I get that question all the time. Like, well, I just started it. Like I shouldn't, you or know, shouldn't I wait until I have X amount of visitors? And I'm like, no, like it's never too early to start that. Um, I was thinking when Joe with along with what you said, one of the um when I, I was talking early on during this lab about an old site of Scott's that we're getting going again. He literally has not touched this site for two years. Um, he quit messing with it when when it disappeared on organic searches. Mm -hmm. He still has an email list of over 100,000 people. 
um, we were just able to email out and re-engage those people. So, um, I mean, obviously some people unsubscribe because they haven't heard a peep in two years, but it was really amazing to be able to just get that community. Take a site that you thought was dead and totally bring it back to life because you have a huge email list. list, Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, it's instant sales there too. I'm sure. Exactly. I mean, that day. Right. Ticker started going. Right. Um, we've been going for an hour and 15 minutes. Do you want to wrap it up, Ashley? Or are you yeah, why don't we, does anyone else have any last minute questions? I've got more here and we can schedule that for like next week or whatever. I think we're going to try to make this a regular thing, or at least I would like to, if we can get Ashley on there as well. Do you want to aim for Thursdays at one thirty? Sure. Oh, wait. that works for me. My time. One yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. Time, so it's different in each time zone. Joe, we'd love to have you back too, especially when we're talking about it's totally like open floor, so anyone yes. is welcome to come in and grab a seat. I'll hop in whenever I can. Great, and, awesome. and pretty soon. So, um, Vinny, I am going to get you on the blab at some point. So maybe <laughs> or something. We'll make you a sign you can hold up. Yeah, just just a draw, like a stick, like with a, like a happy face, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, um. Or we'll come on here with all three of us with like a picture of his face with like. Yeah. So no one will know which one's him. <laughs> well, one thing we could do next week too is if we have this open seat, then we could have um, people log on to have you know five minutes of questions with us. So, right. um, you know, when when fertility expert, when you're asking questions, it'd be helpful for us to get that immediate feed or the answers from you without watching for you to type. So uh, maybe we can have people jump on. So. You know, Ashley and I both showed up with um, sopping wet hair today. So we'll call it the wet hair club. Yes. <laughs> no makeup and wet hair, then. I didn't get the memo on that. <laughs> Probably be pretty so easy. You wear makeup too, Joe. So. Always. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Ashley, I'll let you wrap it up then. Um, sorry, I was just going through to make sure there was no other questions here. Looks like we're pretty good. Oh, you know, so, you, Vinny just said, send an email about the next blab. Vinny, we decided to do this probably 10 minutes before the blab started. We yeah. were each other and we were like, hey, let's just hop on and chat. And that's, yeah. that's how, it, um, how it ended up there. Oh, I'm glad he tweeted about that. So next week when you, we will. I think if you follow Ashley or I on, um, um, or both of us on blab here, you'll get a notification when we schedule it. So, um, and if you want to go to Ashley's website or mine and, and, um, subscribe via email, we'll also send an email, um, an email. I'll put my, uh, my website in the. And mine, if you see my name right there, it's Ashley B. Coombe. My website is just ashleybcoombe.com. I'll type that in there also. I'll put mine in the chat also. Mine is just bloggenesis.com. So. Um, you can also subscribe there. We will send out an email before the thing or just follow us on Blab and you'll get the notification as well. Thanks. Guys. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Is it Helena? I don't know if I'm saying that right. You, that was a good uh, good question though. Do you do like Helena. a little dance to say goodbye? We Me? Little, we need a little like wrap it up song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will let you sing that. Wrapping it up. Okay. I'll let you sing that. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. You've just experienced the Thought Seat Podcast. Thanks for listening. For show notes in this week's free bonus, check out our website at www.thoughtseat.com. Join us to ask questions and catch our live weekly broadcast every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at thoughtseat.com slash live.